from Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 277. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Bombfell. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hi, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good, good. It was uh, been a been a good week here. Uh, had a nice, nice, quiet weekend, and uh, there was an event over in London. I didn't make it to, but I'm wondering if you made it to the um, London Writing Equipment Show. The London this Writing past Equipment weekend? Show. Yes, uh, I popped by. Yeah, and how did how was it? How did it go? Give me it was, give me your give me your show report. It was the London Pen Show. Um, you know, it honestly, it was no different. Every time I go. I kind of hope that the show is going to be a little bit more modern, like every time. But it it kind of fails to do that. Like there there are there are the same amount of of modern pens and companies every year, right? So like right. you might get a, a vendor or two that's selling Twisbees and Lamies, and some that's selling like Lodge Term, and then you've got some that sell good inks, like all the Shimmer inks were there, all the Diamonds, all the Geo Barnes, all the KWZ inks were there. I saw some. Uh, uh, Sailor Gentile, like in this, I can't remember the name of the vendor that had all of these inks, but it was like a ton of really great ink and stuff like that. But there's just a real lack of interesting pens for me at the London Writing Equipment Show. Like John Twist was there again, and I very nearly walked away with a twist pen. <laughs> very, yeah. it was like it was dangerous. It was a um. It was one of those pens that has two nibs, right? One on either mm-hmm. end and like two filling sections, like two. And it was two like demonstrators, like touching each other. Very close to buying that, but I pulled <laughs> myself away at the last minute. Um, And then the rest of it is just like Parker 51s everywhere. Like it's just, you know, tray after tray after tray of Parker pens. And then you get like the parts bins. And of course, Sarge is there, right? But like, unless yep. you're ready to drop a grand, you know, <laughs> you're not going to walk away with anything from his table. You, you know, cause he has a lot of interesting stuff, but like, his really interesting stuff is understandably really expensive. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What I want to see is what I see at pen shows in the US, right? Like where mm-hmm. there is all of this stuff, but there are also more people like John Twiss, right? Because right. there are loads right. of people in the UK. That are making pens, like putting them on Kickstarter, you know, like where's a Johto? Right? Why aren't they at this right. pen show? Right? Like exactly, yeah. And it's so frustrating. Like, I mean, it even comes down to right. We get there, we go to get in, go to pay. They won't take mm-hmm. card, just take cash. Hmm. And it's like, you understand what's going on here, right? Like what this <laughs> is all about, right? Like in the amount of money that people are going to be putting in there, like so it's like where the ATM. Don't even know where an ATM is. Like it's such a it feels like such a, you know what it is it it is what it is and i'm expecting it to be something different right that's well it's yeah it's the conversation we've had over here of transitioning into a different type of selling realm mm-hmm. do they do they have this pen show more than once a year there's multiple i don't know that this particular organization that puts this on does more than one show but i know there's some more regional shows around there England. are there are reg- like that we saw advertisement for the newcastle pen show and stuff like mm-hmm. that um but this is the london one i mean i don't know if it's a big one brad but it should be right like it's the london show well um, i watched the video online posted by i believe it's grandmia pins and it was basically just a walking around the show for like 10 minutes there really wasn't any talking it was just like a visual mm-hmm. the place was packed it was packed to it's the hilt. always like that which is something that makes me so sad because it's so busy right and if like you it- haven't if you haven't seen this video i just want to give people a size relation if you've been to the chicago pin show it's like that big it's pretty big it looks like there's a big ballroom there's some side rooms hallway stuff and it looked it looked like a zoo to be quite honest yep and it's like that. It's been every time i've gone it's been like that right there's it it's always difficult to move through the aisles like People are there because they want to check out what's going on. But I, I mean, my personal opinion is that there just isn't enough variety of vendors. Like, there, there are too many tables of people that have brought their small collection to sell. Um, you know, it, 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 which is great. And there should be a place for that. Like, definitely. But in my opinion, like, there is no reason that Atlanta should be the size that it is. Like, even when we mm-hmm. started there, with London mm-hmm. being the size and variety that it is. Yeah. 
right? Like, I feel like there should be there should be more going on. Like, the London Pen Show should be a huge pen show. It should be the pen show of Europe, right? Like, uh, and it it frustrates right. me that it's not. Yeah, I think there's some other big European shows that get more run than the London show. I think the one in Madrid, I think, supposedly pretty big. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's the one in Netherlands or the one in Germany. One of those is is pretty big. Til- I don't know if it's Tilburg, maybe one of those. Um, but yeah, it seems like this should be the premier up and coming. Let's do things that plan more to the future than getting our buddies together, which is, I guess, kind of what you're saying. I think it's just in the past. Like, yeah. I, I think it's just this is the way it's always been. And they have let a lot of the social media stuff just pass them by, right? And sure, and a sure. lot of the stuff that's going on now, you know, like I saw people tweeting about it and, and stuff like cult pens, you know, they're not there. Right. Right? Um, the first time that I ever went there, the, the, the UK retailer, the writing desk was there and I bought an Edison from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not there anymore. And it's like, I don't mm. understand it, right? Like it seems so peculiar to me i I feel like there should be those retailers should be there in the same way that you'll get like uh you know uh what is the name of of jimmy's company uh at the atlanta Uh, show total the his proper company is uh total total office solutions right so like they're there with like a just a vast array of stuff because they're a big vendor who can do right and there are huge vendors that operate out, out out of the uk that could be at these shows like I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's like the the US pen show culture is different. I mean, it probably doesn't help that it's not even called the London pen show, which is just wild to me. Like, it's mm-hmm. everybody calls it the London pen show, but they refuse to acknowledge that. It's like the I, I'm just gonna look. I'm really sorry, everyone, but like the Writing Equipment Society is not a brand name, right? Like, it's not a thing that I. I'm not going to win with this. Like the only way I can, <laughs> no, the only way I can, I mean, that I can, that I can make this better is to do it myself. And I'm just not going to do that right now. Yeah. All right. So before I want, you're going to, you have a couple products to talk about from this show besides the twist that I, and I have one I want to talk about, but I want to mention a post, uh, I believe his name's Anthony. It's UK fountain pens. And he uh, wrote a post called losing my pen show virginity. He was at this show this weekend. And I want to read, um, one little paragraph from his that I think you feel exactly similar to. So he says, there were probably 10,000 pins in the room, 80% of them vintage, lots of Parkers and Schaefer's. I found it helped me to ignore the vintage pins almost completely and pick out a few things I wanted to focus on. Interestingly, there wasn't much in the way of accessories, even ink. William Hanna was there and I saw some Leuchtturm paper, but it was pretty much all pens. So not only was it all pens, it was mostly vintage, which is fine. Like I like to look at and shop for vintage pens. But that was it from table to table. There was no one selling really much ink, no one selling much paper. Is that pretty, I mean, you saw the same thing? 100%. Like, there was stuff, but there wasn't a lot of it, right? Yeah. Like the, you know, yeah. Very minimal choice, nothing that struck your fancy as, oh, this is new, or, oh, I've heard about this, and I should pick some up. Nothing like that, just your standard well, like I said, there was this one stuff. vendor that had a bunch of the like the 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 sparkly stuff, right? The stuff that is cool right now. Like there, there was, yeah. I can't remember the vendor's name, but it was one vendor who had a bunch of ink that was cool. Like it looked mm-hmm. like a, a fresh young company, right? Like mm-hmm. the, it was that was the type of company that I expected to see more of. I wish I would have written down who it was now. Um, well, now that I think about it, why isn't Diamond at this show? That's a UK company. They're a it, massive company. That this company had a lot of Diamond ink. It even had Noodler's ink. Right, like yeah. they had everything you know that you would ideally want. Yeah, but hmm. they were right at the very back, sandwiched between like six vintage tables. Right, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and again, like I, I really don't want to rag on the the fact that there's vintage pens because like it's totally fine, but there needs to yeah. be a balance. Like there has to be a balance because look, let's face it, most of these vintage tables they have the same stuff. Like it's just in varying condition and varying prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and every now and then you'll you'll pick out a diamond, right? Like there'll be something in there that you've never seen before. But right. when you're just scanning the tables, it's much and much the same. And it, it's just it's just a frustration to me because the first time I went, it was fun because it was different. But every, every subsequent time, it's been more frustrating, right? Because it's like it's refusing to acknowledge the world outside. So, did you purchase anything? No. 
Um, the reason I didn't buy the twist pen was because I stood and stared at a Sailor Emperor for like <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> so I'm looking at this picture. <laughs> Someone put this in. This will be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, this is this is quite the pen, Mike. <laughs> this, yeah. This, yeah. So this is a, a very much a staring at for 15 minutes pen. Yeah, like I get I it. It was 900 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that seems completely reasonable for mm-hmm. that pen. From what I'm looking at in that picture. But John John Twist had a couple. He had like two different ones. This was one of them. And he was selling yeah. it as a pen show special. It was like mm-hmm. 900 pounds. And I was standing and looking at it for so long because I knew it was a fair deal. Right? Like I was yeah. looking at it and I was like, if I'm ever going to get something like this, like this would be it. But I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't part with that right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's really and pretty. And again, though. it's like, I you know, seen that one. every time I get into that bracket. I think of all the mm-hmm. other pens that I want to own that cost that amount of money. Yeah. And it makes it so difficult. But I'm not kidding, Brad. Multiple minutes, I was just looking at it. I didn't touch it. <laughs> I was just looking that's, at it. Yeah. That's where you what you do. So I've, I've learned at pen shows that if you touch it more than once, you're going to buy it. Yep. Right? So you don't touch it in the first place, you're covered. But once you pick it up that second time, you're probably spending money and you may not want to spend money so yeah, that's a, a word to the wise there mm-hmm. and it had the limited edition what are they called the special nibs um oh wow nibs. that makes it even a that makes it even a better yeah price i mean oh, it's not, a, not? By, by by no means is this a value but it was certainly reasonably priced for, and had, what, for what had, it actually is it had the medium fine like the mf wow. nib i could put i could have it with but uh yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't crazy. pick it up. I didn't try it because I knew I knew what would happen. Right, so it's like well, that yeah. just stays in the box, and I'll stare at it. And then it was like because mm-hmm. I was I was like dead set on buying the um. What are they called when there's two nibs? Is there a name for them? Like the what jewel. do you mean? Like stacked on top of each other? No, when there's what like the, the 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 depends where they have a nib on each side and a an ink fill. Oh, it's feet. just a double sided pen. So say that. Yeah. Well, so I I was like dead set on getting that. It's one of the first pens I saw when I went in because I made a beeline gotcha. for, for the twist table. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. I didn't buy this pen, I decided I wasn't going to buy any pen, and we just left. <laughs> <laughs> I bumped yeah, into I a few pen addict listeners on the way out the door there. Which was funny. Oh, nice! It's like I didn't, I didn't see nice. anybody the whole time. I was like, oh, okay, like it must have just been a flute clutch year. And then just as I was walking out, I just bumped into like a handful, a small handful of people. It was quite funny. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So I saw in these videos and in the um, in the notes for the uh, the blog post I just read, the Conid Giraffe. Did you mm-hmm. happen to stumble all across this at the show? I saw um, the vendor that had. Coned pens, um, yeah, Antwerp or, or Pen World. Yeah, it, pen it was one of them. they had a lot of them, and it was pretty busy. Yeah. And I'm not massive on coned pens, so I didn't really bother looking. So I'm sure uh-huh. that if I would have paid attention, I would have seen this. So I updated the link in the show notes. So I had one originally, but I put in the actual one. Have you seen this red one? Um, let me take. It. Yeah, I did. Go take a look at that. Yeah, I, I did see it. <laughs> that was. I didn't pay attention to it seriously. But I like I re- they had a bunch. They had like a few of these red pens in a big illuminated yeah. case. Yeah, like I don't get this pen. Like I'm cool with the big long desk type pen style, but this is a capped, extraordinarily long pen. I haven't looked at the dimensions. It's got to be seven to eight inches long. I'm guessing. I it's absolutely insane how long and skinny this pen is. And I I. I don't know. Someone can explain it to me, maybe, but I'm not. I'm not understanding the need for this pen. Um, and it's certainly expensive. Like, and I love what Conan does. I'm still waiting to get the one that I want, and I just haven't bought it yet because it's the, like all their pens. They're expensive, but I don't get the giraffe. Like sometimes, like just because you can do it, I don't know if it means that you should. You know, it seems like one of those things. Like, oh gosh. I, it's it's boggling my mind. I'm sorry. I'm kind of rambling about it, but I really don't know what to do with this. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess I guess I, I'll do nothing with it because it's, uh, no, it's not for you. I expect yeah. honestly that these pens are like the bigger the pen, the more important you are at the table, right? Like when I, I look guess. at some of this stuff, I'm like, it's not for us. It's for executive, right? It's one of those man one of those man spreading pens. It, yeah. It's like yeah. the pen version of manspreading. It's like yeah. 
I'm just going to have that. the biggest pen at this table. And like, yeah. it sounds like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. I'm being deadly serious. Like, right, there's right, right. this whole bracket of pens that are like this, right? Like, all of those, sure. like, Mont Blancs the size of Billy Clubs. Like, right. you know, just these monstrous things because it makes you look good, right? Like, it's like right. every six, seven hundred dollar Mont Blanc rollerball. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? Like, why? You know, like this, it right, doesn't right. make a difference how much yeah. it is. The refill's still the same. It's like, it's that kind of right. stuff. It's like, right, it doesn't right. make sense to me and you because it's not for what we enjoy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just, I wanted to bring that up because I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that. Yeah, I didn't pay um, close attention to it, but I, I do remember mm-hmm. seeing, because I, I do remember seeing Conan, a red Conan, a couple of red Conans in a case, yep. and I expect this okay. was one of them. So that'd be it, because it was a special version for uh, this company. So they've been doing some limited edition ones. Like, they have a great orange-looking one from uh, Fanta Plumo, but I'm, I'm holding off for the, the one that I want specifically. That orange one's hard to hard to pass up, though. So, anyway, well, I, you know, I was going to say, well, I hope you had a good time, but, and and I think you did, but I think it's, it's just interesting. Like there, there's definitely more that you and maybe our audience would like to see, but on the other hand, the show promoters certainly had a bang up day or weekend just looking at that crowd so what's their impetus to change this is what's annoying to me right Right. and like i don't i don't necessarily you know i i don't wish them ill will right no gosh no 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 none of us do the show is so i'm saying it is what it is Mm -hmm. i just wish for more yeah you know one last one last thing before we uh move on and welcome a wonderful new advertiser to the show when I was watching that video, I saw so many vendors from the U.S. that I knew, like a lot of people, a lot of vendors that were at the D.C. show and do other shows like Cliff Harrington was there. Um, the guy I bought my last vanishing point uh, from was there. I can't remember. I'm blanking on his name. I saw Ann, who's putting on the St. Louis pin show there. You know, oh, that's that's so even more people. frustrating to me then. <laughs> yeah. I, that I saw. People I traveling. saw. Uh, yeah. So they were all, I saw tons of people I knew there. I saw David Nishimura there. You know, there was just lots of, lots of familiar faces from the U.S. scene in circuit of, um, you know, making their way over there. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Go watch that video. It's, if you, you'll get a good idea of the size of the show. That was the most interesting thing to me. Like, I want to understand the size of the show. And I got to say, it's, it's pretty big compared to, you know, a lot of shows in, in the U.S. I'd say it's definitely probably bigger than Atlanta or no, at least on, on par with not no, bigger than not. Atlanta. Okay. No way. Um, okay. The Atlanta ballroom is the, the, just the main room where, where me and you are. It's way bigger. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Yeah. Then I think it's just a little bit thrown off. Then in Chicago, then it's definitely not as big as Chicago because Chicago is bigger than Atlanta. So like both opinion. of those rooms, the Atlanta rooms, like from when we started going there, they're both mm-hmm. bigger rooms. Um, okay then then the one primary room yeah yeah because there's only one room and then there's like two hallways gotcha um but yeah atlanta is definitely bigger than this they cram a lot into the space um Mm -hmm. and i think that makes it look even more busy but like atlanta is larger because atlanta has probably as many vintage uh people right like vintage Mm -hmm. uh, salespeople but then it has all of the other stuff as well. Like even when we started going, right? Like Franklin Kristoff, you know, stuff like right, that. Right. Um, right. So like there may be actually fewer vendors in Atlanta, but there's more stuff to buy in Atlanta, right? Sure. Because sure. people take multiple tables, which I don't really think is a thing. Yeah. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Except Sarge. He just Except needs Sarge. to have the show by himself. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he has like three or four tables or something. Yeah. Which I understand. He's the man. He's the man. I love yeah. Sarge. All right. So... Let's uh let's change the subject and talk about our new good friends at Bombfell, Mike. Yeah, I want to tell you about Bombfell. They are the online personal styling service dedicated to finding the right clothes for you. If you are a modern man or you know a modern man who you think could do with a refresh of their wardrobe, maybe to streamline the stressful parts of having to buy clothes, Bombfell is the service for you. With Bombfell, you can update your look with brand new items and refresh your wardrobe. When you sign up, you'll be paired with a stylist, your own stylist, who will hand select items that they think will work for you. They look through menswear collections around the world and find the clothes that they think you will look great in. 
You only pay for what you keep and your returns are free. So it's a smart way to shop. Bonfell is completely flexible. You can push up, delay or skip shipments at any time. All you do when you sign up, you tell them your measurements and they will look for clothes that they think that you're going to look great in based on some questions that you answer for them. You get an email from your stylist of all of your selections so you can take a look through. You can change anything. You can cancel it if you want to. You have 48 hours to do this from when you get the email from them with all the style selections. Then when your clothes arrive, you have seven days before any payments taken. So you can try it all on, get some uh, feedback from loved ones, uh, you know, feel good in the stuff and send back anything that you don't like. You're in total control. Brad, I know that you have worked with a uh, Bonfell stylist and I'm interested to know what your experience has been. It's kind of crazy and uh, in a good way. So I worked with a stylist and what you do when you when you set up your account, you talk, you go through like this quiz thing where you mm-hmm. you know have check boxes and fill in the blank forms about your body shape and size and those who know me you know i am moderately tall and probably more than moderately wide so i'm not the easiest to fit clothes on especially from a lot of these you know online companies that are in this type of business with bombfell i was able to see that they actually had clothes in my size that would fit me yep. that would look good and I get to try them before I commit to buying them. So once I fill out all this information, the stylist got back to me and, you know, just asked if I had any questions and I got it and it had a pants, a pair of pants, a t-shirt and a long sleeve button up shirt. And I just started dying laughing it's like this perfect thing for me. They, it was um, khaki jeans, so not pants, but you know, jeans and uh, khaki uh, color, mm-hmm. a navy blue t-shirt, and a gray plaid, of course, cloth uh, button-down shirt that you wear over the top. So it's an outfit, right? They didn't just give me individual clothes. They gave me an outfit to put together. And I thought it was awesome. I just died laughing. And even better, I tried on the clothes and they all fit. Like Perfect. I didn't have to send any, I didn't have to send anything back. Like I'm, I'm not an easy person to fit. You know, once I find shirts or pants that I like, I tend to buy the same thing. Cause I know they're going to fit me because I'm a challenge to fit. Um, they all fit me. I didn't send one of them back and like I'm excited to see what they can do in the future. So I'm super super happy so far. Can't get any better than that. It's time to upgrade your wardrobe and feel great in the clothes that you wear. Go to bombfell.com/penaddict. That's b o m b f e l l.com/penaddict and you will get $25 off your first purchase. That's bombfell.com/penaddict for $25 off your first purchase. Bombfell. Open and close. We We'd like to thank Bonfell for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so um, fancy, fancy Brad time, fancy, fancy Mister <laughs> Fancy over here. <laughs> My fancy Bonfell gear. Um, <laughs> I um had a little announcement to make on the blog yesterday. This has been months and months in the works, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. But my our good friend, good friend of the show, good friend of the community, uh, Bruce Iman, um has been getting me in touch with a Japanese stationary web magazine. They don't call themselves a blog um, called my boon. Um, and they do, I've, I've been following them for a while and I love like all, like everything that they review. I was like, Oh, this is like the perfect stuff for me. And Bruce is like, well, I've met with these people. I've been on their podcast and we should do some kind, we should do something together. We should figure out a way to work together. And I'm like, I'm all for this. You know, anything I can do to cross over into that market is like right up my alley of things I want to do with my life, you know, you know, get involved in the Japanese stationary market. So we talked about it. And what we're going to start with is a monthly article that my bone will write and I will post on the pen addict. So Bruce will be doing the translations. It'll be on Japanese stationary. Well, we'll do it once a month and then we're going to kind of see how it goes. You know, I think it's going to go well. I certainly intend it. It's going to go well. And that might lead to me having content on their blog. It might lead to some other collaborations. Kind of everything's open right now, but we're mm-hmm. going to start with kind of a content sharing deal up front. 
just to kind of get the ball rolling, see what the feedback is going to be like, see how the process is, you know, see what the workflow is like, you know, for Bruce, who's having to translate a lot of this stuff. So uh, it, it's very cool. You know, I know pe- people have a lot of questions and I don't necessarily have a lot of answers because it's just going to be some blog posts for now. And then whatever comes from that, well, we'll just see, we'll all see together what happens down the line. There's certainly nothing planned other than getting this ball rolling and see where it leads to. So I'm really excited to have them aboard. I love the idea, uh, just the phrase of like content partnership. It makes you sound so yeah. fancy. I know. <laughs> this is kind of a, a a fancy announcement. It was even like up on display at like the stationary conference. They had like a yeah. slide. What is this uh, thing? Like, where, where was this? <laughs> in Japan. In Japan. I was on the, like the... Uh, but like what, what was the conference like, though? It was a it was a stationary conference. I forget the name of it. Okay. It was it was a an actual stationary conference, like not like a pin show, just like a like a conference, like a like a game conference would have, you know, like an E three type of thing. I'm guessing it was like a wow. teeny small, not like that size or scope, yeah. of course, but yeah, it's like an industry event, right? Like, and it, yes, that's a good way to put it. Thank you. I was struggling there with the word. This is exciting to me, man. Like it's cool. It really opens up some doors um for you and i'm excited about that it also makes it one step closer <laughs> to me and you going to japan one day well I think. like bruce bruce wrote that bruce wrote that um announcement and he's the one that put in the the mm-hmm. panatic live at the budokan um you know which is the all, the famous uh, arena over there where you <laughs> all, all, all of your favorite bands have played and issued their live albums from my favorite live at the budokan is is blurs um that's that's my favorite one so yeah you can find uh, lots of x band live at the budokan so panatic live you. at the budokan <laughs> yep me and you <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 really intrigued to see how this turns out, right? Like it's and I'm, I obviously we don't really have a lot of um grasp for what it's going to look like yet because sure. nothing's been posted. So I'm really keen to see what type of content we're going to see because I expect mm-hmm. it's not just going to be the Japanese take on the same pens. Like it's not you know it's not going to be like oh here's the the review from the American guy and here's the review from the Japanese person like. I can't imagine it's going to be like that. So I'm I'm really mm-hmm. keen to see what it's going to be like. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, I appreciate Bruce thinking of me when this was coming together. And um, I, I couldn't be more excited to see what happens with this. So it's going to be fun. So, yeah, that will be, I think we're we're trying, we're shooting for our first article this month, but, uh, you know, as always to be determined, but you will see it, uh, as, as soon as, soon as I get it and we'll, we'll get it going. But, um, uh, definitely let me know your thoughts on this when you start seeing them pop up on the blog and what you think about them. So we get a couple of news and follow up items. One of them is our good friend Squishy Inc., who did the Hippo Noto Kickstarter, which mm-hmm. I am a proud backer of. I think I ordered two from them uh, during the Kickstarter. They are open for late pledges, so they have a they have a ton of extra notebooks. If you did not get in on the Kickstarter and you are interested in a very cool large notebook filled with Tomoe River paper. This is kind of kind of your way to go. These um these look good. We got to see the prototypes at the DC Pen Show. I was thrilled with them. So if you were late to the Kickstarter party and are still interested in getting the Hippo Noto, you can get them now. And uh, I I think you should and uh, help support Crystal and the Hippo Noto project. And they're such good people and uh I I would love to see that uh, continue to be a thing. I'm very excited about mine arriving because uh, I am about halfway through filling up my Seven Seas Crossfield that I've had for a while. Um, it's like my favorite, just scribbling paper or mm-hmm. you know, my, it's the notebook that I grab if I'm watching a movie and need to take notes on it or whatever. When I watch Firefly with Casey, I take all my notes in my Crossfield. <laughs> so like, oh cool, that that will That's eventually. Great- I'm going to use the Hippo Noto for that when when mine arrives. Of it, so like, I'm really really excited about it. Yeah, and you'll be a good one to compare the two because there are different formats, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the um, Crossfield's straight up A5, and this one's a different dimension and more pages. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it works out, but I think it's going to work out super well. I, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I really liked what the colors and the build of them from DC. So I'm just, uh, 
I'm just ready to get it. So they'll be yeah. coming soon. They posted Crystal uh, posted some um, pictures of all the boxes of notebooks like in her living room. So I know they're starting to ship now. So yeah, you can I'm, still get I'm, in I'm keen to do a comp- well, on the show the, to do a comparison between these two notebooks because yep. they they kind of fulfill a similar uh, role, I think. Yep. Yep. So the next two topics, Mike, uh, one of them I cheated on you. The other one I lied to you. So are you going to break up with me? Wow, this is, yeah, I already know what you've been up to. But yeah, go on, fill everybody in. <laughs> I, I see all this stuff. I got my eye on you all the time. <laughs> Excuse me. So I cheated last week and was on another podcast called the Productivity and Tech Podcast. Listener, uh, Jay Miller. Um, asked me on. We he's uh, he submitted some Ask TPA questions before, and we've gotten to talking. I heard him on the Relay um, show with Aline Sims and, and K Tempest Bradford Originality. Mm-hmm. So I heard him and talking about bullet journaling. I was like, oh, this guy's pretty interesting, you know. Uh, so I started following him on Twitter. Then saw he had a a podcast, and I started listening to his podcast, and I liked it. And he asked me if I wanted to come on, so we worked it out this week, and it published on Monday this uh, this week, and it was a good time talking to him. So I posted that, and we'll have that link in the show notes if you want to listen to me talk about, uh, talk, talked a lot about community in there, and uh, how awesome the Pinatic community is, and just the stationary community and hobby as a whole is. So it was, a, it was a fun talk, so I appreciate Jay having me. And fun fact, I did not know he was originally from where I currently live in Macon, Georgia. So he oh, is yeah. out in California now, but he uh, he know he knows my stomping grounds here. So that was fun to talk about as well. So I lied to you. Mm-hmm. So that was my cheat. My lie was the pen personality quiz. I said mm-hmm. we'd take during the show this week. And I was like, I think I'll do that for the refill members <laughs> instead for the pen addict membership. And it was fun. And I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I, I lied to you. But um, I wanted to see if you took the quiz and what you thought of it. I took it. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased that we didn't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same, yeah. Um, it isn't really uh, what I thought it was going to be. Like I was expecting mm-hmm. to the answer to be like, here's the type of pen person you are. Right. But it just seemed right. like a, a regular personality quiz that gives personality types, like analytical, exactly. thoughtful, and all those kinds of things. Right. And then just had some like pen things thrown in there, and I have no idea how any of it related to the other. And then also yep. I got to find out what type of animal I want to be. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't really get it. It, <laughs> it was lost to me, honestly. So it was pretty much a straight-up personality test that involved pens. It didn't have anything to do, like you said, with you know what your pen personality would be. So far, I don't know anyone that took it that hasn't turned out to be analytical. <laughs> so I'm interested to see if there's other answers. Because I was getting emails saying I answered so many different questions than... I answered so many questions differently than you and I got analytical as well. So maybe that's the only answer that comes out in the pen personality quiz. And if so, then uh, it's even more of a joke, but it was fun for about a minute. And, um, you know, I got a couple things out of it, but really not much. So kind of, I'm glad we didn't do it live on the show. Although the, the animal talk uh, would have been, would have been interesting. What animal did you choose? There was gorilla, lion, dog, what was the first one? Uh, I don't know. There was a gorilla, anyway. a lion, a dog, and there was one other, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I think it was an owl. It was an owl. Owl, like yeah, wisdom. I chose owl just for funsies, because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? I chose dog. <laughs> so, whatever. It was fun. Y'all go take the quiz. And there's people in the chat room say they got uh, uh, expressive driver uh, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. So good. I'm glad some, uh, some other people got some different things. The next one, Mike is one of my favorite times of the year to sit on the sidelines and watch as I do with NaNoWriMo, as I do with national writer letter writing month. I do it in October, more inktober in October more than any other, because it's such a visual, um, project, I guess you would call this, that people get involved in all across the internets. Um, One of my favorite artists and uh, someone I talk to on occasion, if he needs some new not goods, we we ship uh, Mr. Jake Parker some index cards he's a fan of. Um, He has this whole project that's kind of taken a life of its own called Inktober, 31 days, 31 drawings. 
and he kind of leads it up and gives you a prompt list for every day. And people will take it either literally to his prompts or will just use Inktober to do a drawing every day of something that they're interested in, not necessarily the prompts, but following just the whole Inktober pattern of making a drawing every day and sharing it. So Brian Draghi, who is a big follower of the show and reader, and I've followed him for years. He actually wrote some guest posts for The Pen Addict. He's doing my coolest one that I've seen so far for Inktober. He's doing sketches of his EDC objects. So it's like the one I clicked up today is day three of EDC carrying gadgets. So he has a lighting cable and a lightning cable adapter with his Copic multiliner and he's done the Lamy Pico. He's done a knife. So I, I, I love looking at Inktober and I love going through the hashtags and, uh, looks like one of our good friends is doing this as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of people that do this stuff and I will say that, uh, so this sketch brian's sketch shape right like is sketchscape sketchscape sorry that series is unbelievable like it's so cool they are wonderful i need to follow him on instagram because i've been seeing you retweeting them they are yeah because i love them they look like they're just jumping out of the page it's really wonderful um i said they're so simple yeah yeah i would say uh, just friend of the show tiffany arment she is She's doing it this in an interesting way. Um, she's just doing little sketches to put in her son's lunchbox. Oh, like, now that's cool. And they they're really cute. And she's been tweeting them out every day as well. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes to to her Twitter account so you can go and see those. <laughs> it, it, it really flies around. Inktober is one of those things that that I've seen popping up in more and more places. But mm-hmm. there's there's also this part of me that's like, oh my god, there's so many things, right? Because I I also follow the game design world, right? And yeah. there's also a thing right now called Blocktober that's going on, which is where game developers are sharing um, early versions of the designs of their games. So, like, even like oh. Naughty Dog have been sharing um, images of like Uncharted, like really gotcha. early on. And it's just kind of like oh, there's too, there's so many things, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many months. Right, and then NaNoWriMo, because yeah. that's where it all starts. Like NaNoWriMo is the originator of it, this, right? The National Novel Writing I, Month. Where you I, write I'm sure there was, day. yeah, I'm sure there was something before that. But, sure, uh, but like I think the thing that's that the kind of the biggest this stuff. Yes, now it's NaNoWriMo. I'm sure there's a there is another yeah. one. Oh, yeah, because there's the letter writing month thing too, right? Yep, InkoRimo. InkoRimo. It's February, mm-hmm. and then then during the summer is National Letter Writing Month. Is like July or June. Wow. That one doesn't get a lot of run because people do people really go all out for the February InkoRimo um, for the letter writing. But yeah, I it's cool. There are a lot. Um, I participate in none because I'm just that way. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm tough with uh, commitment i guess <laughs> it's hard for me to commit to these things but i love i love the fact that these types of things exist and then i can live through things and go boy i wish i could draw like brian and and do my lami pico just like he does because it's really cool so i love it y'all keep it up everyone who participates in these things share them with us and uh, i'll be retweeting a bunch throughout the month the uh, ones that catch my eye because i have a lot in my twitter feed and uh, i think it's really cool all right should we take a break let me do some last CPA. Yeah. yeah, boy, we uh, I keep adding to this list and not narrowing it down, so I'll see what we can do this week. That's good. Also, um, we need to we need to bug people about field notes questions, so we'll do that in a moment. Yes. Just after I take a moment to thank Squarespace, uh, you want to enter the offer code INK, I-N-K, at checkout, and you'll get 10% of your first purchase. Squarespace lets you easily create the website that you have for your next idea. Make your next move with Squarespace. No matter what type of website you want to build, they are the all-in-one platform that will let you do it. If you want to get a unique domain name, you can do that. If you want to take advantage of award-winning templates that you can very easily customize, you can do that. If you want to add an online store to your website, you can do that. If you want to add everything that you need to create a portfolio, a blog, a site for your band, a site for your business, Squarespace has all of it. All the functionality is there if you need it. You can just turn on and turn off what you do and don't need. There's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. Everything is done within the web browser, and you can design your Squarespace website. You can manage it on the go with their apps. It's fantastic. Squarespace have got you covered. With 24-7 customer support and a rock-solid system, they are the right choice for you today to start a website. Trust me, I have used them and continue to use them for, oh my God, it's got to be nearly 10 years now. Wow. Hmm. 
and I wouldn't use anybody else because they are the company that I use to get stuff online. The Pan Addict is there, Knock.co is there, uh, the Relay FM blog and store is there. Yeah, Squarespace version four was my first version. So however many years ago that is, it's got to be six or seven. It's longer than that, man. Yeah. Like seriously, longer than that. Like you're you're probably on ten, like me. Roundabout. No, no, because the blog's only been around 10 and it had a couple stops before we landed okay. on Squarespace. Close then, let's say. Close, close, close. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. You can start a, a trial today. No credit card required. Just by going to squarespace.com. It's completely open. You can try everything out, play around. And then once you've got the website that you want, you can sign up for a plan and use the code INC at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. I'd like to thank Squarespace for the continued support of the Pen Addict and Relay FM, Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. And I want to thank the listeners for their continued support of us and using the code because I get asked for it pretty frequently. Say, yep. hey, what's the code again for Squarespace? I'm setting up a new site. Boom. Inc. Thank Let's you go. so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, should right. we talk a little bit of scheduling and uh, the field notes thing? Yes, let's do that before we get into Ask TPA. So due to our upcoming travels, the Panatic podcast recording schedule is a little bit off kilter for the next two weeks. So jot these down. This will be updated on the Relay FM show calendar as well. Mm -hmm. Our next recording will be Monday the October the 9th. And what time is that show, Mike? Is that a 9 a.m. or a 10 a.m.? 9 a.m. Eastern, Monday, October the 9th. We will be live at home still, just like this, but we had to move it up because we were traveling later in the week. Mm-hmm. So and that mark episode your calendar for that. will come out on, as usual, on the 11th on Wednesday. Yes. So if you want to listen live, listen in on Monday. That's when we're recording it. It will drop for everyone else to download on Wednesday, the 11th. The following Wednesday, we are not doing a normal episode where we get in front of our microphones at home and talk and share the recording. We're posting our interview with Jim Kudal and Brian Bedell of Field Notes fame. So you will get to hear our interview with them on the following Wednesday, which is the 18th. So that will be a show that will go live and you can download then. So do I have that? uh, Do I have that pretty, pretty squared away? Yeah, we may be able to stream live the pen addict recording but there is a less chance of that than normal so if we are going to be able to we will let you know but it's safe to assume we probably won't um because this one's going to be uh just a little bit more tricky than usual uh so just 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 to let you know about that in advance yep yep so we're definitely going to try there is a low chance of that actually succeeding. So you may just have to wait until Wednesday to hear the show, but I promise it will be worth it. So on that note, you should send us your questions for the crew at field notes. I think I have about three or four now Mm -hmm. so far after last week, we asked for more. If you have any questions for uh, Brian or Jim or me or Mike, we would love to have your your questions for those guys. Um, mm-hmm. They're super interesting and do lots of fun stuff. So, tweet them anything, to us, email us, yep, however you want. Yep, I'm collecting all those, and uh, we'll be ready to roll next week. Man, it's it's finally here. It's getting close. I know. I have to say as well. I am. Uh, I've started my preparation for the questions, and mm-hmm. uh, it's fun for me to dust off my interviewing skills. Again, then I get to do that yeah. so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't started my prep yet. I'll probably do it this weekend. I'm thinking I should write all my questions in a sweet tooth. Uh, <laughs> just, just, maybe you just rip them off one by one when you bring that. Them. <laughs> it's perfect. You just rip it. You just throw it over your shoulder. It's done. Yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 see about that. So anyway, all right. Ask TPA. I had a couple of lengthy emails from last week that I wanted to get to because I thought there were some good questions that we can all benefit from, or I can get some help from the listeners. So this first one's from Nancy. She says, "Hi, I've been listening to your podcast for about eight months, and I'm slowly becoming a pen addict." I'm a hobby artist and first got into fountain pens because of some of the YouTube videos I watched with people sketching using fountain pens. So my first pen was a Duke 209 with a calligraphy nib. After I started listening to the pen addict, I got a pilot preppy. Then you were all talking about Susan Worth and I watched a video of her demonstrating an italic nib and it looked cool. So to test the waters, I got a pilot plumix and I love the italic nib. 
I have converters for all of them and use Noodler's ink because I like to have waterproof ink in case I choose to use watercolors with my sketches. So, obviously I'm budget-minded and consider utility over beauty. Now, here's what I want, and I'm wondering if it exists. I would like black ink cartridges that are waterproof, and I would like a pen with a broad italic nib that the cartridges fit in. I get a bit confused and concerned that I'll buy a pen, but won't find the appropriate cartridges to fit it. And I would like the cartridges for convenience. Can you help me? So this is a super particular question I had a hard time answering. And the only things I'm coming up with are kind of roundabout answers because of the cartridge situation. So you can get black waterproof ink and cartridges, Sailor, Platinum, you know, uh, uh, Faber-Castell. But the only ones that's not proprietary is the Faber-Castell. At least the only thing that I know of. So I'm looking for more cartridge-based waterproof inks. So the Faber-Castell Carbon Black is the only one I know that's an international. And I say that because Sailor and Platinum don't really have any options for budget stub or italic nibs. The only thing I can think of that does and can use an international cartridge are the Kaweco calligraphy pens, which you can buy a pen and it comes with a set of nibs, or you can buy a pen and a nib and buy extra nibs of different sizes. So you could use the Kaweco calligraphy pens and the Faber-Castell carbon black cartridges, and that's like all I could come up with on this question. So I'm open for more suggestions if you have them for Nancy. Uh, Tony in the chat room says uh, Nemocene. That's a great call because they have stubs and italic nibs and will fit the international cartridges. So that's a good call. And they're pretty readily available too. You can get them, you know, at all your favorite pen vendors now, uh, things like that. So yeah, so that's a good choice. But there's not a lot that are going to fit your waterproof black ink cartridges. So that's kind of the, the hang up here, you know, and I, I definitely get the utility aspect of it. So, you know, that's kind of, that's the way to go, I think. So check out the, the Kaweco or the Nemocene and the Faber-Castell carbon black cartridges. And we'll have a link in the show notes to both of those items. So Ankum has a really good question. He says, I enjoy listening to your show and keep up the good work. Thank you. Since I'm a student in high school and a Boy Scout and have ADD. One of the things I do because of my ADD is write things down that I need to remember in notebooks. For school, I've used composition notebooks, but I dislike them for use in Scouts because of their size. I would like something that I could fit in my Scout Pants cargo pocket, which is 6.5 inches square. I prefer a line paper for this because it helps guide me when I'm quickly writing something down. It does not need to be waterproof because I will mainly use it indoors, although the more durable it is, the better. I'll be writing in this book with a ballpoint pen, although it would be nicer than a standard pen. Finally, and in this case, least importantly, I generally like plain single-colored notebooks, and red or maroon are my preferred colors. Do you have any suggestions? So let me tell Ankum, number one, thank you for the email. And number two, it's amazing because of this is the type of detail that we're all about here at the Pinnacle, right? He's got everything that I need to know. And even though it's very specific, and even though it's not a normal notebook situation, we can kind of find some things that would work. And what you want to do at Rhodia makes square pads, they're mostly in graph. Um, you know, I kind of think you might want to go with an A6 hardbound notebook like a Leuch term because they have them in cool colors like red and maroon. You can get them lined. They're going to be durable. They're not square, but they're going to fit in that pocket size. So the A6 size, I don't know if I said A5 a minute ago. I meant if I did, I meant A6. So it's a little bit smaller. It's going to fit in there and it's going to look really good, you know, for that, for that type of style. And it's going to be able to withhold, you know, going in and out of your cargo pants just fine. So that's kind of where I would lean for this. Um, but there's a lot of options in the A6 or memo book size for you to, for you to give it a shot. So thank you, Ankum. All right. So this one, Mike, I wanted to explore with you a little bit and see what you think. So this is from Alex. 
I think I've outgrown my first few fountain pens in the sub 50 range. And especially after seeing your updated top five list, I'm ready to spend probably one from either Sailor, Pilot, or Platinum. The issue is I know these all have different nib feels and I don't yet know which one I want. I'd like to try them all first, but I don't live close to any pen shows and I can't think of any way to test these pens before I buy them. Are there any stores that have a sample program, maybe where they send me a couple of pens, I try them, then send them back? Or can you think of any other way to try pens if there are no pen shows nearby? So we have a business idea, <laughs> <laughs> Mike. So it's like Warby Parker, but for pens. What do you think? I think it's a really good idea, except... <laughs> The problem of all of these things is, right, so like something like a Warby Parker, the reason they can do it is because the expensive part is the is the lenses. Yeah. Right? That's the expensive <laughs> part. So you can send the frames and like they're they're not the expensive part. Unfortunately, the thing that the that people like Alex want to try in a pen mm-hmm. is the expensive part, which is the nib. <laughs> right. That's the part you have to try. <laughs> um yeah, I I I say this because I don't have a great answer for Alex. Like I, you know, people are suggesting, you know, well, just shop somewhere with a good return policy. And, you know, I I think that's a pretty common common thing to do. But not everyone's, you know, interested in doing that. You know, it it's hard depend if you're not in a metropolitan area and there's no pen clubs around that you can get involved in and go check out other people's you know, different pens and nibs and styles like that. And you can't get to a pen show, which I guess you probably can't because you're not in a metropolitan area. I, I, I don't have a great answer for this. You know, it would be a great idea to have Warby Parker for pens, but yeah, the overhead to start something like that up would be astronomical. And I don't, I don't even know how you could do it because like you no. say, you're it's, it's these nibs that are, you know, kind of the kicker and that's Alex's problem, right? We're trying to solve Alex's problem. How can he figure out what he wants? Because a Lamy 2000 is different than a pilot and that's different than a platinum, you know, all these are, are different. So how do you, you know, how do you get around that? And, you know, I, I don't have a great answer except starting a new business just for Alex. <laughs> all right. So we have, a new budget game, Mike, and we used to do these in the past. And I think this might be our lowest dollar one yet. So this is the $30 budget game. Derek is wanting to know. He says, I'm new to the obsession and I don't have much to spend. So here's a question. If you could recommend any number of pens to someone with a strict $30 budget, what pens would you choose? Could be 20 different gel pens or a single Lamy. Interested to hear what you think. So I don't have... Man, I wish I had like $35. I want to I want to manipulate the rules a little bit because I would get, honestly, I would get two pens. And it would be that simple for me. I would get a Twisby Eco and I get a Uniboss Signo DX. And the issue the reason I hesitate is because I don't have money in my budget for ink. Yeah, and that, for that the yeah, Eco. That doesn't count. So that doesn't count. You can't do it, right? Because no. It's not $30 to yep. get in the door. And it's not just cartridges, right? So right. you could go to right. like $32, right? If it's a pen right. of cartridges. But you're right. looking at, at least like 10 to get a good bottle of ink, right? That you're going to need. Right. right. So I am taking out fountain pens completely in that case. I'm not going to swap it for a Metropolitan. Um, I would stick with... The Signo DX, some of my, basically some of my top five pens, I get a Signo DX, I'd get a Secure Pigma Micron, I get a Uniball Kurotoga, um, I get a Uniball Jetstream, and I'd probably get, gosh, which pad would I choose? Maybe one of the Moraman desk pads, like the, the top bound A5 desk pad to kind of get them to try all those different things. So that would be my list. So the... The DX, Kuratoga, Jetstream, Secure Pigma Micron, and then a nice pad, and that will get you in well under thirty dollars, probably more closer to around twenty, between twenty-five and thirty, I would think. And you get a good variance there. You could even throw in a platinum preppy and still probably stay under budget if you wanted to try a fountain pen. But I'd almost like 
if I couldn't get the Twisby Eco and ink, I would pass on the fountain pen and in, in one of the cheaper models, to be perfectly honest. I would either recommend a Lamy Safari and uh, a couple, like, you know, usually Lamy Safaris come with a pack of ink, honestly. Like, every time I've ever seen them, they just come with a box of ink. So you're already set there. Yeah, Lamy Safari and, you know, I'd maybe go for like a Rodeo or something, or I would recommend Retro 51. Oh, that's a good call. Just get a real nice rollerball pen. Yeah. 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 So basically, I'd, I would shop off of the uh, type of items on my top five list and uh, mix and match as needed. But if you can get a bottle, if you can, if you can weasel in a bottle of ink, I'd go DX Eco and God, what's an inex- like a pilot, pilot blue black ink, mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Something very basic. Something very basic. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, you know, I would. I think if I was pushing though, like if you're new, if you're new, I would push more towards the Retro Fifty One or Brad's multi pack pick rather than going mm-hmm. to a fountain pen. Mm-hmm. I think you should mm-hmm. try out the other stuff first. You got a thirty dollar yeah. budget. I recommend for now stick into non-fountain pens. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike in the chat room has a good one, the, the new Caveco Perkio, which I didn't think about. I think They're I'd cute. rather have that yeah. over like the Metropolitan just for fun, you know, even though I'd recommend the Metropolitan more than the Perkio. That's a, that's a really good pen. It's only like 14 bucks. You can afford some other things in that realm and, and you will get a lot of enjoyment out of that pen. I think it's a real fun pen. So That was a pen that Dana picked up at the pen show. Yeah, but she didn't yeah, like that's... how small the nib was. Oh, well, they're not that small, but yeah, I get it. I can get that. Proportionally, it does look weird. I think they're a little bit hooded, right? Mm-hmm. They're like covered a little yep. bit. Yeah, so I can, I can see that. But like, you right. can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're like the same nibs that they use in the smaller pens, yeah. right? So yep. it looks yep. strange when you have a full body pen with a pocket sized nib. It does look yeah. weird. Well, it's yeah, and because of the inset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next question from Anonymous, Mike. Not the Anonymous collective, yep, no, but this just is an Anonymous, anonymous purpose. We, we help them out, Anonymous. <laughs> we provide their stationery. Uh-huh. All the stationery needs stationary that are be provided for. <laughs> we get uh, Guy Fawkes masks in return. Mm-hmm. So Anonymous says, I like my 1.1 millimeter Lamy stub nib, but I just want solid color ink. No shading, no sheen. I think the unevenness of those attributes together with the varying line width make the page look messy. My taste will evolve, but for now, you know, he he wants solid inks. There are many ways to identify shading inks, but I can't find lists or reviews of inks that don't shade and don't have sheen. Could you tell us how to find those solid inks? I realize that real blacks is one answer, but how about all the other hues? Would I look for particular brands, color category, etc.? So the place I'd start is your stock company inks, like your basic Platinums, your basic Lamis, your basic Pelicans, not their premium brands, which tend to have more shading and more shink, like Pelican Edelstein and Pilot Orochizuku and some of those things. So like the basic Pilot Blue, I guess that sheens a little bit, but like the Lamy Blues, most of the Lamy inks don't sheen and don't shade that much unless you get a bright one like the turquoise and they're good <laughs> yeah their lami inks are great yeah I, I think they're fantastic so what you're looking for is i a saturated ink where the color is just kind of strong but flat it doesn't have any of that extra shading you know you can shop online or go to different stores online like Pen Chalet and Vaness pens and Goulet pens and Anderson pens and pull up ink swatches. And you can find, once you find kind of the brand and color of that ink, you can look at other colors in that brand's ink lineup to see if they exhibit the same properties. And a lot of them do. So a lot of your basic line inks, like Schaefer would be a fine one to start with. Like they have a great red, you know, if you're looking for a red ink, but it's just very flat, no shade no sheen something like that and then you can look and see well do these other colors have it um i think visconti is probably pretty good for that as well so check out the very basic inks from these companies they're entry-level inks if you will because a lot of them will make premium inks on top of their entry-level inks but the entry-level inks are going to be your basic writing inks where you're going to get the properties that i think you're looking for yeah, I would so, recommend uh, Pilot too. Um, like I've used a bunch of the Pilot ink and cartridges. Just mm-hmm. 
the regular stuff um yeah. and i've been really happy with it like i i have uh just regular like the namiki ink i think is is good i mean i have a purple one that i've used for a long right. time in cartridges but like that i've found the performance of them to be good and they're understated it's not I mean, you know, even the, I mean, some of the Hiroshi Zuku's are pretty good, but I see what you mean. Like, it's still a dangerous line to pick from because there's some stuff that has some sheen in it. But, yep. Um, yep. but yeah, that, I think that there are, if you want to step it up, maybe that's another place to look at. But I agree with you completely. Yep. So, three more quick ones for this episode. Tommy Song wants to know Would you consider changing the line paper on the Pen Attic logo to dot dash? Hashtag ask TPA. <laughs> this is, we've had this question before. It's, and my business cards actually have a graph in the logo because we were able to pull that off on a letterpress, but digitally it doesn't work well with any type of grid or dot grid that I've seen in the background on those logos. I have samples of all my logos with all kinds of grids and dots behind them. Lines look the best. So, you know, I'll, I'll make that sacrifice for the for the good of the design. And so, no, it's not going to change to dot dash. But, you know, our, our, we do make Notco stickers with the logo and then dot dash stuff behind it because uh, that works out pretty well. But the Panatic logo, it's sticking with lines for now. <laughs> it, is a, it is strange, like, thinking about that now, that it is yep. lined. And yep. this is purely, like what the designer chose right like this is just what frank well no we uh, did well no we had the conversation i don't remember oh no i have samples of grids and dots like let's do this and it just doesn't look as good i think it just doesn't i like the lined because it makes it more abundantly clear what that's meant to be if that was dots or plain it wouldn't look like paper anymore right the lines makes it look like paper and yep. that makes it more fun. And it's one of the very subtle changes of the artwork that I like is that everything mm-hmm. else is pretty standard and colored. And but no, but the pen addict has lines across the middle. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I, it fits. Yeah, it does. It fits. It really 100%. fits. Right. Like even it's though done, we hate like... line paper, right? Which is right. so funny. It it makes it a good little in joke now. Actually, that I had not recognized until now. Right. Yep, because I'll get asked about that every now and then um, because I got my business cards done by Anna and Bob from uh, Skylab Letterpress, and I chose grid on that because it worked on a letterpress mm-hmm. instead of the lines. It's like, yeah, I'll do that a little different, even though that's not the logo. I think it's fun. So I do get questions on that from time to time. All right, Todd was the impetus behind the top five most useful pins list when i uh when i did that a couple weeks ago and he said you called it the top five most useful pen useful pens but realized no pencils made it no pencils in a most useful list and he says hashtag nitpicking with a little smiley face so yeah um i thought about that a lot so <laughs> this is how my brain works like i felt for most useful pens i really need a pencil but if i included a pencil it was going to be a mechanical pencil and I didn't feel like I had to have one in that list. A wood case pencil would not make the utility list, even though it's probably one of the most utilitarian writing instruments in the world, because there's extra things to consider, such as a sharpener or an eraser and things like that. And I probably could squeeze one in there if I wanted to, but I would pick a mechanical pencil for that list before the woodcase pencil and i don't know which one i would choose to be perfectly honest i would probably choose the pentel sharp because it's just classic it's durable i mean it's been around for decades it looks good it feels good it's going to take a beating and you know you can get the erasers and whatever lead you want i'd choose it probably over the kurotoga and i i kind of feel even though the rotring 600s the pinnacle it's too expensive to be in that list, I feel like. It felt like it's not a fit. So I would probably, if I went with a mechanical pencil in the top five most useful list, it would probably be the Pentel Sharp, which is just a classic. It's the it's the P20 lineup. So P205, P207, P209 for the lead diameters in there. So yeah, I, I think that's a good question. And it's something I really, really considered. So there you go. 
All right, last one from Robo Jim. He wants to, this is also top five related. And he says, interested in your take on this article following last week's revamp top five. So the article he sent me was the Wirecutters, the best pen article. So the best pen is listed as the Uniball Jetstream. And I'm not sure if Jim knows, but I helped write that article. So part of, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of my answer. <laughs> I was I was part of the wirecutter review process for this article. I would still pick the Uniball Jetstream for this article because I was trying to answer a little bit of a different question than what I necessarily do directly on the Pit Addict. I was trying to answer a question for someone who doesn't know anything about pens to walk into a store, get something that's going to change how they think about pens. And I think the Uniball Jetstream is that answer just for its consistency and its quality and its availability. So the Signo 307, while that's a pen I like more and I might recommend to a lot of people for a lot of situations, the Jetstream is still the best, and it's still at the top of my top five pens on the store shelf um, article. So it's uh, it, it would not change one iota on what this article states as the best pen as the Uniball Jetstream. I definitely still stand by that because of the features it has, because of its availability, and because it's just going to provide a really, really good writing experience to anyone no matter what um people are used to what a ballpoint pen feels like and when they try this it will change their idea of what a good pen can be um where they may not get you know rollerballs or gel ink pens they understand this and i think that's why the uniball jet stream is at the top no change i don't like it that's fair it's not my thing yeah i i really like the jet stream I use gel ink pens more than the jet stream, but I like the fine jet streams. So there you have it. It's the pen for the people, Mike. So we got to yeah. get them. We got to get them. We got to get them hooked. You know, we got to set that hook, reel them in, and then they're addicted. And then they listen to a podcast about pens, which I which can't is believe the is a thing. thing. No, it's the best mm. thing. It's the thing that should the exist. Best thing. It's the. It's this is uh, this is the world we live in. All your weirdness belongs here. If you want to find our show notes for this week, there's a place that you can go to get those, of course, and that is relay.fm slash penaddict slash 277. Thanks to Squarespace and Bombfell for their support of this week's episode. If you want to find Brad online, go to penaddict.com, knock.co. I saw you were shipping out all of the seed cases over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, the steel, steel and silver dust A6 sizes are in and been being shipped. We've had tons of orders. Thank you all for your support. Yes. I will know, I'll have an answer this week on the purple ones. Purple A6 is next on the docket. And uh, I mean, you know, you know how it is. Any day could be any week. So we'll see. <laughs> I'll be updating on the Knock Twitter account. That's the best way to follow all the Knock news. Brad is at Dowdyism on Twitter, and he is Pen Addict on Instagram. Don't forget to send us your questions for our Field Notes episode, which we're going to be recording in a, in a week or so. Um, and you can tweet them to us, or you can send them to uh, to us over email. Brad, what's the good email address for that? Hello at penaddict.com. Perfect. And we'll be pulling some of those together to help us with the episode. Um, I am at iMike on Twitter, I-M-Y-K-E. You can always send in your questions for the show with the hashtag AskTPA as well. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.